Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. Greetings, friends, patriots, and asylum seekers seeking refuge from insanity, propaganda, and wokeness. This is Drew Allen, your oasis of truth in a desert of lies. It's great to be with you. Um, Again, I've got a really special, special well, this is a unique episode. You know, usually, if you're listening to me for the first time, I am the lone voice of the Drew Allen Show. It's my show, and I keep your rapt attention for the hour or so that we cover the various issues of the day, those pertinent things that must be spoken about. Uh, yesterday, you heard me play my interview with two great patriots. L.A. City firefighters. Just for correction, I think that perhaps I referred to them as L.A. County firefighters. I like to be correct, and when I'm wrong and I realize it, I'll make the correction. And so those individuals, Jeff and Rob, brave, courageous men willing to sacrifice their careers for you and me. And that's really going to be the point of this episode. That's what it's about. It's not just about them. It's about you and me. But they were L.A. City firefighters. And today, today I have another important patriot, an interview to play for you. My interview with John Knox. John Knox, you may have heard of him. I want to give him his due introduction here. And then I'm going to set the stage for this interview and why it's important, why you should listen, why you should share it. Why it matters. Why he matters. You know, L.A. City, just to give you the background if you don't know, I live in California. If you're listening for the first time, I am your voice behind enemy lines here in the, well, ground zero for, ground zero for the communism and Marxism that we're seeing spread like wildfire across this nation. Now it's coming from the Oval Office, from the empty suit, from this administration. And actually, you know what? I, I want to tell you this. Are you aware? You know, every day, every day, let me put it this way. We are uh, in, engaged in a cold civil war. Uh, the enemy of the American people is our government. And um, tyranny, look, it, it makes its heart in the homes of men, but it has uh, made its home in the Democratic Party overwhelmingly. They have been consumed by totalitarianism and tyranny. And that's just the truth. And that's what you get here. Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland has instructed the FBI to mobilize against parents who oppose critical race theory in public schools citing threats. Now, let me explain something to you. These parents, of course, you saw the news stories 
well since this uh, regime came into power. You saw parents standing up against critical race theory. Critical race theory, I mean, it's indoctrination from a young age, right? It teaches children who know nothing of racism, who don't see color, to see nothing but color. It teaches young children that if they are minorities, they are victims. And it teaches people that if they have white skin, they are the oppressor. That your skin color determines your future. It's, you know, DNA, racism is not in our DNA. It's not in the Constitution. It's not anywhere to be found. The Constitution is about individual rights. Every issue we have in this country is because of amoral men, and we have more amoral men pervading throughout this country today than ever before in our history, I would argue. But what this uh, critical race theory, of course, does is it injects racism into our DNA, and that's the purpose. So now if you disagree, if you want to take control of your children, if you want to be a parent to your child, you are a domestic terrorist. <laughs> I thought it was just the January 6th insurrectionists. They were, of course, labeled domestic terrorists. And then it expanded to anyone who supported Trump. They were domestic terrorists. Now it's uh, anyone who disagrees with the regime's Marxist agenda. If you don't bend the knee, you're a domestic terrorist. That's what this comes down to. This is outrageous. This is what happens in totalitarian countries like Nazi Germany. Unfortunately, um, you know, the Democratic Party's been harping on Adolf Hitler and Nazis for, you know, the last six years. And they've numbed us to what it actually means. But um, we are uh, witnessing a tyranny in our time. Now, why is that important? Why do I lead with that story? How does that have anything to do with John Knox? Well, John Knox understands the assault that we the citizens are under in this country. Our cold civil war. Our government is at war with we the people, the American citizens. Our rights are under attack. I want to explain just briefly, if you're listening to me for the first time, now I'm 34 years old, a so-called millennial. And I have lived in these elitist Marxist circles my entire life. I grew up in Texas. I live in California. I went to an all-male Jesuit college preparatory school. Not a bastion of conservatism. My friends were not conservative. I lived in Italy for a number of years, working in fashion. Not a bastion of conservatism. I worked in Hollywood. Produced a movie. Not a bastion of conservatism, but I've always been a conservative. So I understand who these people are, what they think, and will always want to explain it to you because it's important. Now, conservatism is, of course, an ideology. Uh, it supersedes any kind of party. Conservatism is, as I would explain it, the founder's ideology. It's the greatest ideology, the most perfect ideology in the history of the world because it is a result of failure, failed ideology for all of mankind's history. Conservatism is what gave birth to the Constitution, to this nation. It is a belief in individual freedom. 
is a belief in our constitutional republic, an embrace of that rule of law. Conservatives reject the notion that our rights come from man, from government, which, of course, was the thought process that brought about this revolutionary new country and people. America is great because its people are great. America is great because we have a constitution. America is great because we believe in unalienable rights, individual rights, not collective rights. We believe our rights come from our creator. But what we're witnessing today is anti-constitutional, anti-conservative, it is a rejection of our founding principles, a rejection of individual freedom, and in a full embrace of collectivism. Worse, those in charge, those in government, like Merrick Garland, who is now saying that if you disagree with teachers, if you want to have a say in your child's education, you are a domestic terrorist. The state is in charge. Statism. Totalitarianism. Authoritarianism tyranny. These people must force us to bend the knee. They are sending a message to us in every way they can from the government that the Constitution is dead. They are sending a message that we the people are no longer the master. The government is no longer the servant. No, we live in a post-constitutional era in which the government now is telling us that they're the master again and we the people are the servant. That's what this war is about. It's a war. Well, it's a war for this country. And there are many battles to be fought. And unfortunately, in some cases, there are there will seem to be a lack of uh, warriors ready to answer that call. But John Knox, who I interviewed, back to John Knox, is a warrior. He's a patriot. He's courageous and selfless. Now, what's going on? L.A. City County, right? They passed a, um, a measure out there, an ordinance, it's called, a little while back. 13 to 0, they voted unanimously. Basically, the message was this. Get vaxxed if you're a firefighter or city employee. Get vaxxed or get fired. That's the message. And so John Knox began an organization called Firefighters for Freedom in response to that. He is like a patriot of 1776. And so he is, uh, of course, has brought a lawsuit with more than 500 uh, L.A. City firefighter signed on to stop this ordinance. But nonetheless, that legal battle hangs in the balance. But what is certain is that John Knox and many L.A. City firefighters, uh, today, October 5th, well, if they haven't been vaccinated, they're going to get fired. And uh, it's my understanding that there are well over a thousand that have not been vaccinated. So nearly half the force of Firefighters in L.A. City County will be fired. And 
well, who's going to be affected by that the most? Of course, the city. But Firefighters for Freedom and John Knox. John Knox understands that this is not just about him. You know, he will he stands to lose much, by the way, and you'll hear him talk about it. He's uh, 53 years old. You may have seen him on Fox and Friends, heard him on the radio. He's been everywhere fighting for freedom. And so he will lose his job on October 20th because he has not been vaccinated. But he understands the, well, the overwhelming consequences this will have for the rest of the nation. He understands that what happens in California will then go outside of California. He understands that this is a fight for freedom. This is a fight for constitutionality. This is actually a fight for our nation. If they can force these firefighters to get vaccinated, if they can force them to bend the knee, there's nothing they can't do to them. And so he is bravely making a stand. And so I'm going to play that interview for you. Um, well, and then I'll comment at the end. But I want you to hear from John Knox because it's not enough to say that I respect John Knox. I admire John Knox. You know, I try to explain conservatism day in and day out, but he is the embodiment of Americanism, the embodiment of a hero, the embodiment of what it means to be an American. All right, here we go. All right, you got you hear me, John? I got you. All right, so theoretically, this should be recording. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, just talk to me a little bit about what's, what's going on with you, you know? When did this, because it's my understanding that back in August, you know, the city council voted on this crap, and then there's roughly 500 of you guys that have signed on on this lawsuit? Yeah, so basically what, what happened initially is in August, a mandate came down for the vaccination. Prior to that, um, a buddy of mine and I saw this coming and we started working on something because we knew that it was going to happen and we didn't believe that it was okay or appropriate and we didn't want to go down that path. So we started putting stuff together, uh, how we were going to combat that, and then literally like a week later, they dropped that bomb. Uh, I think that was the 20th or the 28th. I don't remember the exact date, but I think it was the 20th May. And it said that uh, you, the city mandated that you shall be vaccinated um, and or file exemptions. Um, the exemptions were like uh, a week later. Um, and then the vaccination you had to be finalized by the 5th of October and then you're if you weren't done by then by the 20th you would disciplinary action up to and including termination so so that's how that came down um, then pretty much in a period of three days we managed to put together a board of directors which includes 10 individuals um, got an attorney that was interested in working with us. Um, we built uh, we built out a foundation. We created um, momentum with that. And then over the next week, we put together a foundation, which is the Firefighters for Freedom Foundation, uh, started a web page, started an Instagram following, and we started putting our, our message out there. Um, and within, uh, I believe it was two weeks, we had 300 firefighters on board in the lawsuit. We had retained uh, our initial attorney, which was Kevin McBride. And then from there, we kept 
pushing our message, doing interviews, and, and moving forward with that. So now where we have uh, Kevin McBride, we have John Howard, and then we also have Robert uh, Kennedy Jr. on uh, as our uh, legal team at this point. Um, and so it's expanded out of that. We've created a template for other departments to, uh, you know, they can reach out to us, how we built out our structure, how we communicate with our members, so on and so forth. Um, and we can email them that and, and they can start their own uh, group and, and kind of fight back their cities or counties or whatever they need to do to, to help them out. Um, nothing like this has ever been done before. And so, you know, we really started from zero. And- All right, this is Drew back with you. We're going to take just a short break here. Uh, I did want to explain something there. Uh, contextually as well, this interview, I had a couple issues with the audio. I was doing it on a phone interview, and I was actually, I did intend to do it this way in the podcast. Uh, my intention was actually just to interview these firefighters uh, to help tell their story and spread it in the written medium and write an article about it. But I just, these people's voices are so strong and so important uh, that I thought it was pertinent to hear it from them. Because it's one thing for me to write about it, and that. There's, there's, there's a place for that, certainly. But I'm a step removed from it. And so I wanted to give uh, John and these other firefighters an opportunity actually to speak for themselves. You can hear it from them. You don't have to hear it transmitted, translated through me like a game of telephone. And so anyway, because it was done the way it was, there are a couple little snafus here with the audio uh, where it cuts out. Uh, and then I had to you know, fix the situation so I miss a little bit of it and then I'd come back to it. But um, I just want you to think about what, what John said there. He, he built this organization, Firefighters for Freedom, from the ground up. And this is important because he's a private American citizen. Yes, he's an L.A. City employee, soon to be former employee. But he has done more, John's done more to fight for freedom than almost any politician. <laughs> I want you to think about that. And that's not uh, bad news in, in, in one regard. Because, as I've said, Superman, well, he's not coming to save us. Uh, we can't rely on the government to solve all of our problems for us. We must fill the void left by, well, individuals who who are not willing to fight for us. What the government is not willing to do in fulfilling its role to defend the Constitution and the American people. And so we the people must save America. And John points the way. John is one patriotic American. And look what he has managed to do. Building this coalition, unprecedented. Trying to fight. Assembling this team of lawyers, of firefighters, standing strong. He did that. And that's what all of us have to do every day. We need millions of John Knoxes. We must all be John Knox. But anyway, let's get back into this interview with John. He's going to talk a little bit about the lawsuit and um, how it's now a $600 million lawsuit against the city of Los Angeles. Now we're moving forward uh, on this coming Wednesday. We're filing an amendment to that complaint, which uh, will also deal with um, breach of contract through, they basically stated that this is um, a condition of employment, which is 
100% illegal to do in the middle of, you know, your, your our tenure as firefighters because we came on with an MOU and a letters of agreement and, you know, union bargaining and all of that. So for them to unilaterally come across and swipe a pen and change our conditions of employment is illegal. And then now we're having all kinds of issues under forced deadlines that they know are unrealistic. Um, and based on all of the other violations, they're putting our members in un- unbelievable amounts of stress um, by using coercion and uh, duress to force guys into getting this shot. And so we've got guys now that are going off stress. We've got members that are, uh, I just got off the phone with a member right now who was uh, injured from the vaccine just the other day. And so um, now we're filing punitive damages as well of a uh, million dollars plus uh, per individual in the lawsuit. So, you know, now we're looking at over a $600 million lawsuit against the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. And that's something I've thought about too, is I hope there there are punitive damages when this comes out too, because of, of the stress you guys are going through, because nobody knows what their future is going to look like, because, you know, like, like, you know, I was talking to Jeff and Rob and, you know, Jeff lives in Riverside. He's got two kids. His wife's a stay at home mom. He's the sole provider. He rents, you know, and in, and in Rob's case, you know, Rob has a house, but he has a mortgage. He has a wife who's a nurse. They both work in the medical profession. And, and you know, the, the, the point they both made to me, which I think is huge, I, I just think it resonates with the American people that are not insane and Marxist at this point. Um, you know, they're saying, look, our, all of our training, you know, we're, we're tasked, one, with making these, these and administering these life-saving drugs, IVs, et cetera, for people who are in these, these situations and we're the first responders, but they're not entrusting us with making those same decisions for ourselves. And more importantly, those individuals have a right to deny treatment, you know, and I, I understand the sound mind stuff too, right? They have to be sound mind, but, but you know, these people also, you know, in a sound mind, they can, they can say, no, I don't want this treatment. They can choose the diet they want. They can choose whatever they want. And, uh, and you guys don't have that same right yourselves. Well, absolutely. I mean, you you nailed that. You hit it right on the head. And, you know, here I am. I mean, I've been a, a firefighter paramedic for, you know, I've been a paramedic for 22 years. I've been with the fire service for almost 21 now. And, and in that time, the city has felt very confident in allowing me to make medical decisions uh, and be the highest medical authority in the field and, and make those life-saving decisions for someone. You know, we mitigate risk and manage risk every single day. And now you're telling me, and this is literally in the past month, that I'm incapable of managing risk for myself when when I do that every day for everyone else. You know, how is that possible that I've worked through this whole pandemic issue over the past 20 months, and even when the vaccine came out or the shot came out, the multiple different shots that are out there, I wasn't forced to do it, but now in the past month, I've gone from a hero to being villainized and unsafe when, you know, we've been in everyone's house this whole time. There's no, not one recorded case of us transmitting a disease to anyone because of safety precautions that we use, right? We use protective personal equipment such as uh, gloves, goggles, uh, N95 respirator masks. You know, on anybody who's suspected of being COVID positive or negative, or I mean COVID positive, we use, you know, gowns, one in, one out policy. Um, we decon our rigs, all of our equipment. 
so there's steps and everything put into place so that we don't spread it and we don't contract it. But we have contracted it, and, it, and we haven't stayed at home throughout this whole pandemic. We've shown up every single day like we've been asked to do, like we took an oath to do, right? All right, this is Drew back with you. I'm just going to interject for a second. This is me pausing our, our interview there. Um, I had a couple audio issues in a couple spots, and so I just want to give you some info about what proceeds where I'm going to go next playing this interview. Um, you know, John Knox explains, I mean, the question everyone has, right? I mean, so you're, you're willing to fire half of your, uh, uh, those firefighters that work for LA city. What is that going to do to the city? And he gives some, some additional context saying, well, that doesn't even include all the other city departments, 20 plus departments, sanitation that has low vaccination rates reported the police department. Uh, power. Uh, he mentions that the Santa Ana winds are coming. I mean, they're basically, he says, he said, uh, you know, it's like going to be like escape from New York. They're creating this, this scenario in which the city of LA is going to crumble. So the point really is, I mean, why would they do this? This is the question I keep asking, you know, why are they doing this? Why are they pushing forward these vaccine mandates when those you're claiming that you're trying to help and keep protected with the vaccine mandates are going to be the ones most impacted. Those people who depend on the 911 system, who are not going to have anyone to answer their calls anymore. And again, we're just talking about the LA City Fire Department, not everything else. Is the garbage not going to get picked up anymore? These are the questions John raises. And now I'm going to get back to the interview, uh, and I'm going to ask him that question. Why are they doing this? I mean, that's going to look like escape from New York, you know, some kind of apocalyptic scenario there. The city will literally crumble. It makes no sense. No, I have a question for you, and then I'll offer what I think, because I, I, I lose sleep every night trying to figure out why are they doing this, you know? Uh-huh. Like, when you talk to the guys and in your own opinion, you know, what, what is their motivation for this? Because they're going to create chaos. Yeah. So I, let me just say this first. What I told the other guys – on the least conspiratorial level, pragmatically, that I can understand, this is at a bare minimum about breaking the American spirit. It's about overturning the Constitution in which we have a contract with our government that says we the people are the master and they're our servants. Now, they're telling you, me, with these forced vaccine mandates, that your resistance is futile. You will bend the knee. And there's nothing you can do. And if they can force this, it opens a floodgate because what can they not mandate? Exactly. So I'll, I will go along with that 100%. Uh, you, that's exactly the thought process for me. And that's why we created Firefighters for Freedom. You know, in the beginning when we were pushing the message out and we were, you know, trying to get people to understand, you know, we've been labeled as right-wing conspiracy theorists. I mean, the city council members have even come out and said that we knew that there was this right-wing inside of the fire service, blah, blah, blah. And that's not it. This isn't a left versus right issue. This isn't vaxxed versus unvaxxed issue. This is literally a fight for our freedoms. I have, as an American citizen, constitutional rights that give me freedom of choice. And it's not the federal government's ability. It's not a local government, it's not some bureaucracy or an elected official 
does not have the ability to dictate my health care, my body autonomy, or uh, what I put into my body. So with that being said, you know, this is a freedom issue. And, and the way we look at it is we're not going to bend. We're not going to give this fight up because it's like Moore's Law in computing, right? Every 18 months, computer power doubles, right, exponentially. So it goes, you know, from 1 to 2 to 4 to 8 1632, right? Well, look at what's happened in the past 18 months, 20 months. We went from, you know, 15 days, 10 days to flatten the curve, to stay in your home for six to eight months, to shut down all these businesses, to listen to one-sided media. If you speak anything out, you know, you're canceled. Your freedom of speech is ripped away from you. If, uh, you know, you get, we're going to get this vaccine out. You take the shot, your life will go back to normal. Now, you take the shot. Now you need a booster. Now you're going to need masks. Now it's vaccine passports. You can't go into stores. They're chipping away at our individual liberties as a whole. We're not a collective society. We don't have collective liberties. We have independent individual liberties that were given to us by our creator. We have God-given rights that are enshrined in these documents, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. And that's not a living document that they can change at will. And that's what a mandate is. That mandate that we're suing against violates those constitution, constitutional liberties. And so if we allow them to continue this path and we fold on this, in the next 18 months, you will be regulated and mandated to anything. I mean, what are we talking about? If you can't have children if you don't get vaccinated or if you don't vaccinate your children, they're going to be taken away from you. Or, I mean, we're already looking at vaccine passports, right? You can't go yep. into indoor uh, restaurant here in Los Angeles. You know, I mean, they've taken our religious freedoms away. You could meet in church and, and pray and do the things that you're, that the first amendment allows, right? It allows freedom of speech, freedom of assembly and freedom of religion. But those are all taken away during the pandemic. Yet, Liquor stores and strip clubs are allowed to stay open. We're, those aren't protected in the Constitution. But the other ones are, and that's gone. So tell me where the logic is. If you can't see the writing on the wall, if we submit to this, we're, we're literally going to lose our sovereignty as free American people. Yeah. You know, what is it about your department in Los Angeles that makes you guys so strong in terms of holding together? Because when I talk to my firefighter buddy out this way north, he's the only one in his group that's not vaccinated. And um, and he's really the only one who's saying what you're saying now uh, about what's at stake. And so it's interesting. What is it about you guys that are so patriotic in L.A.? I, you know, I don't know. I think I think it's a lot of, you know, it has a lot to do with where you live as well. You know, I think that there's a lot of collectivism in certain areas of the state. You know, it's like just any different than in any other state, right? You have certain states that are more free-minded and and whether they're libertarian or constitutionalist, they believe in what this country was founded on, right? Whereas when you get into these large metropolitan areas or, you know, up in the Bay Area, where you have a lot of that. 
communism. Communism, you know that that thought process. It's very easy to go down that path, you know, because critical thinking kind of to me seems like it's been washed away. Uh, yeah. And and discouraged, you know, you're made to to if you speak and have a critical thought process, you're termed a conspiracy theorist. And no, it's not. I'm just looking objectively at all sides of this issue. And I'm using my brain to make, you know, some deductive reasoning here and, and be able to move forward. And, and I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, you know, a lot of people that work for the city of Los Angeles don't necessarily live in the city. You know, they live in the outlying areas because it's cheaper and yes. so you get more for your money. And in those areas, you know, you're, it's a little freer. You have more free thought, you know? And so I don't know. I, I can't really say what that is. That's just my yeah. take on it, you know, and looking at, at all of this worldwide. Well, I'm, I'm thankful. I mean, I'm thankful that, that you guys, and, and still a bastion of kind of communism there. I mean, we're in, we're in the worst, one of the worst states in the country. Um, California. But, uh, yeah. Or, or, so question for you. So in terms of the vaccine mandates that affects you guys, what's like, do you have to be fully vaccinated with both doses by like the 18th or 19th or you face? Uh, well, technically it's by the 5th. Because you have to actually be fully vaccinated by the 5th. Right, because they don't consider you fully vaccinated until 14 days after. So the 5th and 14 days afterwards, that's the 19th. And then 20th would be, you know, technically your termination date. So okay. you know, as of right now, in what's today, the second, third? Yeah, so it's already too late anyway. Okay, so, well, the only way you could do that would be to go out and get the J&J shot, which is a one dose, right? And right. so you have to have 1,600 guys go out and get that in the next two days, which isn't going to happen. So, you know, these dates are put there because they're trying to create a pressure cooker, right? If you shrink the timeline down, increase the pressure, you don't allow this thing to go to court. You don't allow that free thought. You don't allow, hey, you need to make a plan on what I'm going to do. You just, you're forcing me under duress and coercion to make a mistake or, or make a decision based on your unconstitutional mandate. So Yeah. And if, if they lose 500 of you guys, is there talk about what their contingency plan is? What are they going to draw from the National Guard that doesn't even practice everything day in and day out that aren't even uh, firefighters? I mean, what, what are they, what are they, what are they, they, does the, does the city even answer that question? No, they don't answer any questions. There's, there's literally, they avoid every question. They sidestep everything and they just keep, you know, and now they've done it to where they just increase the pressure. And so now they've like, if you don't report your vaccine status by X date and you don't do this, now you're insubordinate. So now they have another way that they can go ahead and, and terminate you based on insubordination. So, you know, they're not answering any questions and giving any answers as far as, how you're supposed to go through this process other than just submit and do exactly what they tell you. And that's not going to happen. Well, it's typical of the democratic party, you know, they, they never focus on what the effects are going to be because if they did, of course, they wouldn't have a political party. You know, they create problems and then present themselves as those uniquely qualified to solve it. It's right out of rules for radical Solinsky, which everyone in this country should read. But, um, Absolutely. but you know, so, so you guys are all willing to like, – what happens to you if you lose your job? Like, what, what, what's your, what's your life, situation? you got a girlfriend. Like, where do you live? Uh, not your address, you know, but I'm just kidding. But, uh, 
But uh, you know, like, what 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 are you facing? You know, I mean, what, what's what's at stake for you? I guess because I, I, you know, the the left is great at making these emotional arguments, and one of the things I want to do is make an emotional argument as well. Yeah, I mean, at at this point, if you know, if if they terminate me, so I'm in a unique position. I I've got almost 21 years on. I could collect a pension at 20 years, but I spent two and a half years off sick leave no pay, not injured on duty. And so I lost that time. So I actually technically, I can't collect a pension until 20 years. Well, I have to gain that time back. And so I don't have that time. So if I go now, I don't get a pension. Um, so I get wow. whatever amount of money I've put towards my pension, I get that money back. Now, if they terminate me, I get no medical insurance. I have to resign in order to keep my medical insurance. So, you know, there's all kinds of issues. You know, and again, I went through a divorce over the past couple of years. And so now my my uh, my ex at this point, she gets a portion of my pension or whatever I leave here with. She's going to get a portion of that. So for me, I'm I'm probably in one of the most horrific, you know, plights possible. But to me, that's all right. I don't I don't mind because to me, my freedom is more important than a paycheck. My my freedom and my liberties. I can always go out and do something else. You know, I'm 53 years old. This is, I can do anything I want to. This, yeah. I love my career and it's been great. And it's allowed me to help people throughout my whole life. But right now I'm standing on this based on, and this is me personally. I'm standing on this based on my ability to do the most good for the most people by fighting back and stopping this mandate. Because if we don't do that, this is whatever happens in Los Angeles and California spreads across the rest of the country like wildfire. And yeah. so by me taking this stand and then our group taking this stand, we're doing the best possible for the most people. And if that takes where I lose my job for that, well, then you know what? At the end of the day, I'm totally comfortable with what I've done and I'll figure it out from there. I'm not worried. Well, two quick points, you know, one, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm really thankful for you taking the time to talk to me too, because you know, those other guys are my age. I'm 34, right? So those other guys, Jeff and Rob, you know, they're in their thirties. They're kind of still in the earlier stages of their career. Right. Absolutely. And they're, they're facing termination. And then there you are in more, not, not the sunset years of your life. You know what I mean? But in terms of, yeah. of this particular career, you're on the other end of the spectrum and you're Absolutely. all being adversely affected by this. And then, you know, what I think, too, you know, I, I found it outrageous, too. You know, uh, Rochelle Walensky, the communist dictator, uh, head of the CDC, um, she, uh, she, of course, admitted that uh, vaccines do not prevent transmission. And so yeah, I think that's awesome. a powerful argument against, uh, you know, because, you know, what the left will say to you, John, I'm sure you've heard it, is, well, you guys have to get vaccines for other things, right? And so they'll try and use that one. But, you know, if the point is uh, uh, to stop transmission, uh, there's no difference if you are vaccinated or not vaccinated because it doesn't achieve the, the supposed objective. And that, that said again, you know, if then they make the argument, well, you know, you get the vaccine, you know, to protect yourself, uh, to pr protect other people. So that's out the window because that doesn't make sense. But then they say, oh, it's about protecting yourself out of the other side of your mouth because it diminishes symptoms. But most of these guys are young and healthy. They, they, they have a greater risk of dying in a lightning strike. Um, and, and 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 it's just I I think it, you know this 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 it all collapses under this admission which we knew but you know when I said it two months ago I was censored. Yeah. So look at it now. I mean, that, she came out with that yesterday, and that pretty much she just the city of Los Angeles is basing their findings on what the CDC 
guidelines say, right? So that basically just blew their argument apart because they say that the safest way to keep the public and, and, and everyone else safe is to get the vaccine so that you don't transmit it. Well, she just said yesterday that it does not transmit. You, you still transmit, right? We know based on scientific studies that have come out since all of this, right? That when you get the vaccine, the first two weeks, you're a super spreader. You got 251% increase in the amount of COVID that is uh, in, you know, in the nasal swabs and stuff uh, after getting the vaccine. So we know that that's a problem. We know that you can still transmit it. We know that you can still catch it. So what is the purpose in that vaccine? There is none at this point. Uh, you know, to the lines along, um, uh, where was I going? I don't know. I lost my train of thought. So. Well, well, look, they also ignore, you know, natural immunity and that it's proven to be way more effective. And a lot of you guys have had COVID. And so actually you're better equipped to deal with it uh, and prevent its transmission than anyone who actually has the vaccine. So right. all so these things add up. We've had one third of our department that have contracted COVID. Okay. So about a thousand people that have contracted COVID in our department and out of, you know, the 3,200 people, 3,400 people in our department, there's only, we've had two fatalities um, from COVID. And so if you look at that percentage rate, that's 0.065 of a percent, right? That yeah. that equates out to um, that it's been fatal. Everyone else has recovered. So what are we looking at? 99.971% have recovered from COVID. Those well, and how many, how many have died doing their jobs? You know what I mean? Right. How many exactly. have died in structure fires? How many have died you know, doing X, Y, and Z, because I don't think the public realizes that you guys just don't deal with like uh, fires on the scene. Police officers can't do CPR on the scene. You know, it, it's yeah. you guys who are the paramedics who are the first and second chance for anyone to have an option, even yeah. the, the possibility of that chance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, and so again, like going back to the, the thousand people getting COVID on the department. So those guys have natural immunity, right? Natural antibodies built up. I had COVID. So I have antibodies. So if that's the case, and, and they really want to push down this route, why aren't you doing a titer test? Because we do titer tests for tuberculosis. We do it for hepatitis. We do it for all these other things, right? Look at my, my anybody who's had COVID, their antibodies are usually up around, uh, you know, the, the vaccine is showing like five, six, seven, eight on, on the uh, titer test. Whereas the people who have had COVID are around, you know, 18 to 20, which is, exponentially you know that's three times higher than than what the antibody produces so if if you can put you know a blood test of somebody who's been covid positive and covid vaccinated and they both have antibodies what's the difference you couldn't tell which one was which right doesn't matter so so their whole thing falls apart again on that but they don't they don't want to look at the science right they just want to go with the science that works for them not all the science Exactly. Selective like usual. And, and most of the time it's not even selective. It's just invented and fabricated. It's not science at all. We live in the dark ages. I keep saying to people that and a cold civil war, those two things combined. But, um, but I guess, you know, so fundamentally, like what's the most important message that you just want to spread as far and wide as possible? Fundamentally, many things. I, yeah. I mean, I would say that, that firefighters for freedom we stand for freedom for everyone. You know, Joe Schmo that works in the small business or somebody that works for a Fortune 500 company, they don't have the ability or the platform to get this out there. 
the city never thought that we were going to push back and create this issue for them. And, and we're not fighting for our, I mean, yeah, I want to save my career, but I'm willing to land on that grenade and blow my career apart to be able to have the citizens of this country have their liberties preserved because they don't have that platform. They don't have the ability to, to take on some bureaucracy that's mandating these illegal issues. And they don't know what to do. They don't have a voice. And so for us, that's what this really is about, is to help preserve that in this country. And, and to that line, they need to understand what these politicians and bureaucrats are doing to their cities. They're trying to blow this apart, and they don't understand. They think through scare tactics and one-sided media that we're the problem and we're bringing disease to them. In reality, that's not the case, and it's never been documented because we're safe. And at the same time, these bureaucracies are going to decimate their public service that they rely on to stay safe. And they need to know that. You know, They need to understand that message as well. Yeah, I think what's really my, my key takeaway from our conversation is kind of, you know, <clears throat> I've been putting out some videos and doing saying some different things. And, of course, you know, um, these people that I used to know that are indoctrinated uh, Marxists now uh, uh, come up with all kinds of stupid things to say to me. But, you know, you know, they, you know, I, I was arguing, you know, for, for you guys and the firefighters for freedom um, about your, your right to choose, of course. And uh, and they say, oh, or you guys, this is what one person said to me, or they could just get vaccinated and be selfless to protect the community. And what I think is remarkable is you guys are selfless, not, not because you would get vaccinated, but your selflessness is, is losing your jobs and careers for the rest of this country to make a stand. And I think that's what people need to understand too. You guys are selfless to, to the very bitter end in this. And, um, and I just, you know, unfortunately, just like the civil rights movement and everything else, you know, there are, um, sacrifices that have to be made and and americans my generation in particular john god you know we, we we've never had it so good in the history of the world and we're soft we don't understand what's happening and so um you know people don't know what struggle is people don't know any of it and so it's it's nice to hear from somebody who's got some years on me that's seen a little bit more of this country um with some perspective that i think is much needed you know that's that's the real vaccine against this pandemic of tyranny you know it's it's true well and that's and that really you know the the truth will set you free, right? I mean, that's what people need to understand is that this has happened, that, that frog in the, in the boiling water uh, cell, in yeah. the pot thing. That's where we've gotten to. And now they're at the point where they've cranked that fire up to full blast just before the frog is totally, you know, ready to fall asleep and die. And people need to understand that they have to – there's power in numbers, you know? There's such a small group of individuals pushing this, but because of apathy and being boiled slowly over these past 20, 30, 40 years, people have think that, you know, it's normalcy bias. It could never happen here in the United States. But you ask any immigrant that's come here from a third world country. Isn't that the truth? This is Drew interjecting one last time here. Um, again, had an audio issue there, so we didn't finish that thought, but... Um, many of us have that conversation all the time, right? We understand that if you want to under, if you want to comprehend your, our warnings are going to come from immigrants, people who have fled tyranny, people who have already experienced, 
you know, many countries like Venezuela and others throughout um, planet Earth, well, they, they were promising. They had opportunity. And then this ideology took over the country and the nation. Whether you want to call it socialism, Marxism, communism, all these isms, they're all authoritarian. And they all eradicate the rights of their citizenry and put the, the control and power over your life in the hands of the government. And that's the point. You know, immigrants understand, but we Americans who are soft, who've never had it so good, uh, we lie to ourselves. Oh, it could never happen here, not in this country, but it's happening before our very eyes. And that's why people must wake up. And that's what John's trying to get people to do is to wake up as well. And he's willing to make a stand. And I hope at the end of this, you'll be inspired and encouraged as I have been. Because it can feel awfully lonely sometimes, depending on where you live. It can feel awfully lonely to love America, to be patriotic. Uh, the media is just a propagandist machine. They do not tell the truth. There is no truth to be found in the media. Certainly not from this White House, certainly not from Jen Psaki and this administration. They lie through their teeth and they actually create an alternate, alternative, alternate reality. That's the word. But um, we're going to get back into this interview now. Um, I want you to hear the rest of what John has to say in our conversation. Uh, and then we will close out um, this second episode uh, in which we feature the firefighters in California here that are fighting for America. Understand, This is a movement to restore liberty and freedom to this country. Do you, um, I guess last kind of question here, I'm curious, like in your department, unfortunately this has been so politicized and it should be bipartisan. Um, whether you're vaccinated or not, people should stand up for the right for someone to make their own personal medical decision with regards to this uh, COVID-19. But, you know, those that are in your department around you that aren't on your side, uh, that are firefighters, do you see it falling along party lines? Or do you, do, you also, do you know Democrats who are saying, hey, like, this is too much because we're a brotherhood of firefighters and that supersedes all this? Well, I, I don't, you know, I've, I've never come across anyone in my department that thinks that I should be terminated because I haven't gotten a shot. Um, you know, I've never come across anybody that, that thinks that, you know, I'm, I'm a Democrat and this is the way I go. I, it's, it just doesn't come out that way. I mean, you definitely have people that, that are on the aisle that, you know, I think that this should happen and, and everybody should be mandated, but and that everybody should get the shot, but they're, they didn't, they're not coming out and saying, you know, you need to be terminated. And, and I look at that as, look, you, in the beginning here, we had a choice, right? You got to choose to get that shot. You made your decision based on whatever information you garnered, and you went out and you got it because you felt it was the best thing for you. I did my research, and I chose not to. Now, all of a sudden, my choice is being taken away from me. And that's not okay. So you still got to choose your right, but I'm losing mine. And so now what happens? If you don't, if you think that that's okay and it's okay for me to lose mine, what happens in 18 months when they come down the pipe and they say that, 
you have to do something that you don't want to do, that you don't believe in, that you've done your research and you feel is not okay, you don't have a leg to stand on because you just abdicated your sovereignty by saying, hey, it was all right when you did it to these guys. You exactly. Know? It sets the precedent. And that's what yeah. they always utilize. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, if this goes that way, I mean, what's to stop them from just violating the Second Amendment right too, right? And just saying, hey, you can't have guns, you know. If you have a gun, you lose your rights. You know, it's the same thing. And I, I believe they could do it tomorrow. I mean, there would be an uprising for sure in parts of this country. But Absolutely. I think there'd be many citizens who would just say, oh, well, you know, if that's what I have to do to enjoy my liberty, you know, that's, that we would do it. That's why, I, you know, it's funny. Everyone says we're not Australia because of our Second Amendment rights. And I'm not so sure that's actually standing in the way anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's absolutely terrifying. Yeah, and then in um, leadership, like, are there people? Um, I mean, how's your leadership stand on this? Are they keeping you guys in the dark? Are they are they in back rooms talking to people? Do they have your back, or is this all coming from the bottom up? Um, you know, we get really no direction from our leadership. They at this point. I mean, we had a meeting. Uh, on Wednesday with the, the union, we had a union meeting and the fire chief showed up and basically he just sat there and listened, you know, somebody asked him in the very beginning. Um, one of the first questions that was asked was, you know, if you believe that we should be mandatory vaccinated, do you feel that we should be terminated if we do not get this? Oh, it was, if, do you believe in freedom of choice? And if so, do you believe that we should be terminated if we do not get the shot? And his response was no comment. That's uh, that's outrageous. That, that's I mean that just says it all right there. How do you how do you? <laughs> we don't we're not leading from the front, you know. And I got up and I spoke and uh, and I said the reason that firefighters for freedom is here. I don't want to be here. This isn't what I set out to do, but we're here because there's a lack of leadership in our department and wherever there's a vacuum, that vacuum will be filled, right? It automatically, it just happens. It's part of nature. And so, you know, uh, nature abhors a vacuum, right? And so that whatever that is missing, it will fill somehow, some way, you know, something will rise to that. And so that's what happened. And, you know, that point's been made. And whether they like that or not, you know, if you were leading and you were doing the, the, correct things then this wouldn't be happening right now so yeah it's sad so, so you know yeah that's, that's where we stand and that's why we're here you know i mean again we're apolitical i could care if you're on any side of the what happens is if you know we have left versus right and you and i can agree to disagree right that's like i've said before the beauty of this country we can have civil discourse and we can agree to disagree but if if we allow this mandate to stand and, and them to continue mandating, there will be no left-right paradigm. It will flip, and it'll be a top-bottom, and that top will slowly crush. Well, it won't be slow. It will crush down on top of everyone until you're, you do what it is that they say. You know, There will be no ability to disagree at that point. Well, I think you're hitting it on the head. And I'm, I, you know, I'm thankful, and I know they're thankful to have you because – uh, honestly, John, you're a brilliant guy. And, and what you just said reminds me of something Reagan said. You know, he said there is no left and right. There's only up and down, you know. Yeah. And down yeah. is, of course, an end of the swamp from which we crawled, you know, into totalitarianism darkness. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I never yeah. thought 
anything like this in my lifetime, you know, and, and I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, I was at 9-11, and I've done a lot of wild things in my career. And um, this, by far, you know, takes the cake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I uh-huh. just thought we'd, we'd see this, you know. It's like I was even reflecting on my brief time on this earth, my 34 years, and it's like just thinking of my childhood and high school years and everything else, and, um, you know, here we are. Who would have thought, you know. And i got to tell you, I've, I law, I don't have a single childhood friend left because, you know, what's what's interesting about me and why I speak out, I've always been conservative and, you know, constitutional conservative. But, you know, I've, I've lived and worked in these uh, liberal circles, right? I went to an all-male college prep school in Dallas, Texas, Jesuit uh-huh. educated, a bunch of libs. I, I worked in uh, Milan, Italy for a number of years. I worked in fashion opening and managing retail stores for Marc Jacobs. I worked in Hollywood as an actor and a film producer. Uh-huh. And so wonder why I'm not there anymore. But anyway, um, so so uh, I wasn't welcomed. Let me just put it that way. But but all of those friends I had, even though my, my best friend at my wedding, um, he doesn't talk to me anymore because of 2020 and the election. He, he, yeah. and, 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 you know, that's not coming from me. You know, I, I, I think I think he's as dumb as he thinks I am. But, you no. know, I'm willing to, 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 to you know, uh, look past that for something that unites us as Americans, you know, and we can have civil yeah. conversations. But now they just shut us off. They won't even listen. Yeah. Well, and that's, again, you know, like you said, rules for radicals. And, and Marx even said, you know, that the United States would never be taken down from the outside. It could only happen from the inside. And the way to do that is to create useful idiots. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's it's. It's literally a playbook if you read that, and everybody should read that, you know. Um, it's just, it's staggering, you know. You know, again, people have, you know, have become apathetic, and and it's, it's to me personally, it's by design, you know. Um, if you look back to the 60s, I mean, you go all the way back to 1913, right, and Woodrow Wilson, and, and I mean, it, it can go even further back than that as well, but... Um, you know, that's why it's called progressivism. They don't, they do it incrementally and slow. It's, you know, it's a hundred year plan to, to make that happen. You know I mean? And you look at the world economic forum and Klaus Schwab and everything that he says, I mean, holy mackerel, you want to go down. I mean, it's not a rabbit hole. They're not even shy about it. You know, they literally are now just out in the open talking about it. That's what's so uh, stunning. I think to me, because, you know, in the past, at least even Obama as radical as he was, you know, he at least occasionally tried to hide his radicalism, right? Yeah. And now now they don't even try to hide it anymore. You know, they've gotten to the point. But I think, I think the pace has quickened up. You know, that's the problem. All these all these uh, hundred years plus of work, you know, it's now kind of paying off for them. And unfortunately, uh, you know, conservative Americans, we just want to go about our lives, contribute, uh, take care of our families, uh, work. And while we've been doing that, they've been, you know, going to sleep every night and waking up plotting how to destroy this country. Yeah. Um, well, you know, conservatives are conservative. They don't want to stir the pot. They want everybody yeah. to get along, and they don't want to be labeled. You know, you open your mouth, you're an Islamophobe, you're a homophobe, you're a you know you're a xenophobe, you're you're a phobophobe, phobophobe, whatever that is. I don't know. They just create stuff, and it's like, why do you want that pushback? I mean, we should all be able to just get along and have a good time and enjoy each other and enjoy each other's differences. You want to be different? Okay, great. That's up. That's up to you. But it has no, as long as it's not hurting me or or anything that I'm doing, go for it, man. You do you. Do you. That's individualism, right? You can do that. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know. I think but that's, 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 that's the difference, right? You know, um, uh, we have our opinions. We don't force them on other people, but they're not satisfied feeling differently. They must right. force us 
uh, to bend the knee and, and believe as they do. All right, and that kind of c- concludes our interview there. We got into a couple other things afterwards, just personal stuff. Uh, you know, I asked him, you know, how he was, uh, how he was doing in terms of um, all this outreach going on Fox, uh, doing all the radio interviews, because I know how that world works. I have a publicist who, who organizes that for me. And this guy, John Knox, uh, he doesn't have a publicist. In addition to uh, all of the workload he has organizing, talking to the, the uh, defense team uh, or, or his legal team that, that's mounting this, um, this lawsuit, uh, his personal life, all the stress, he is, um, he is organizing this for himself. This is a great man with just boundless energy because he's driven to protect America, you and me. And I can't tell you, even with me, with, with doing six, seven, eight, nine, ten radio interviews a week and, and writing and everything else, I, I am exhausted sometimes. It just takes a lot out of you. You've got to prepare your thoughts. You want to make sure that you, know, you have X amount of time to deliver your message. And he's on point every time. An impressive, impressive person. But um, this is the, uh, the second episode. Uh, There'll be one more released, and it'll be a firefighter I talked to up in Napa County to get a different perspective, because he does not have the brotherhood like uh, John has. He's more or less on his own. But I just want you to take away this. Um, We're under assault, and John pointed out that we, we have numbers, but we have to be outspoken like he is. And you are Superman. John is Superman. I am Superman. Together, only we the people can fight back this monstrosity that is consuming our nation. And it is imperative that we all become active like he is. Because if we do not, we will lose this country. And we all have skills, we all have unique abilities, and we're all in positions, some bigger than others, to do something and help save this nation. But that's what we're called to do. And what gives me immense hope is John is 53, I'm 34. And there is a widespread of generations here that are willing to do what it takes and sacrifice to save this country because this is our inheritance. It isn't passed down in the bloodstream, as Reagan said. It must be fought for, defended, protected. And now it's our generation. If you're listening to me, it is our turn. And it is our responsibility to ensure that we leave this nation to our posterity better than the one we inherited. And that is still possible. But it will take fighting. And I hope this gives you hope. All right. This is Drew Allen. I want to thank you for listening. God bless you all, and until next time.